die today. Or maybe yesterday. I'm not sure. A telegram from the home said, your mother passed away. Funeral tomorrow. Deepest sympathy. Welcome to the 133rd episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and today's episode will take a look at some of the major philosophical themes from the first half of Albert Camus' 1942 classic, The Stranger. My plan for the episode is to give a brief synopsis of the first half of the novel and then get into some of those major philosophical themes driving Camus' writing and thought process. The Stranger is centered around the life of Monsieur Meseralt. The novel opens with the memorable line, Mother died today, or maybe yesterday, I can't be sure. And so Meseralt has traveled to the nursing home where his mother lived the last years of her life and died. The funeral proceeds in a normal sort of way, but most of the characters seem more interested in the ritual and fulfilling the duties of social convention rather than the woman who passed away. Even Meseralt seems to just be going through the motions and fulfilling his familial and social duties. He goes to his mother's funeral because he is her son, and that's what a son does. His behavior both before and during the funeral, strike others as bizarre. For instance, he has no desire to see his mother's body either the evening before the funeral or during the funeral when everyone expects that he would want to do this. That point will come back to play a major role in the second half of the story. After the funeral, Meseralt returns to his normal life and you get to know his attitude towards life pretty well. In many ways, Camus creates the character of Meseralt as a type of odd and disconnected everyman, and that probably helps to explain the widespread popularity of the novel. Meseralt is no intellectual, and he would never use a term like existential. His job is an average office type of job. He has no real friends to speak of, but he has a couple of acquaintances who live in the same apartment building. Salomano, who is portrayed as a grumpy old man who seems to be constantly abusing his dog, is one of those acquaintances. And Raymond, who also seems like an awful person who is constantly abusing women, is another of those acquaintances. Mesralt does have a love interest, Marie, who he begins to date. She proposes marriage to him and he accepts. A little bit more on that subplot in just a bit. The end of the first half of the novel finds Meseralt with Marie and Raymond and a few others enjoying a day at the beach. But the day doesn't end well, because there's a confrontation between Meseralt and Raymond with two people that Camus describes as Arabs. The confrontation results because Raymond has abused a woman that one of the two men know, and the implication is that the men could be at the beach to seek revenge against Raymond. Raymond saw one of the men earlier in the story, and he's convinced that they are plotting some type of revenge or reprisal against him. A fight breaks out. Meseralt has a gun that he gets from Raymond, and he shoots and kills one of the men. And that's where the first half of the novel ends. So now on to some of those philosophical themes. The stranger, and in particular the character of Meseralt, can be thought of as a portrayal of Camus' existentialism. 
And Camus' existentialism has two important parts. The first part is that value and meaning cannot be conferred externally or from the outside world or universe to the person. The world outside of the self is not the type of thing that can confer value for Camus. It's absurd for Camus that we should expect the external world to provide any type of value to us. And along these lines, we make a mistake, or would be making a mistake, Camus would say, when we wonder things like why the world allows good things to happen to bad people or bad things to happen to good people. The external world is an indifferent thing, and the flaw often made here is thinking that an that an indifferent universe can be thought about in a way that is capable of providing value of any sort. Add to this, Camus is an atheist, so the supernatural for Camus also can't provide meaning and value to a person. And that pretty much closes the door on anything external to the person providing meaning and value at least for Camus and his existentialism. And if Camus' existentialism ended there, then you'd really just have a very bleak form of nihilism. But it doesn't end there. There's a second part to Camus' existentialism. He thinks that we can find meaning and value by first acknowledging the inability of the external world to provide such a thing, and then recognizing the absurd mismatch between the two and after that is done, engaging in rebellion and scorn in the face of this acknowledgement. And it's that rebellion and scorn for Camus which allows a person to create meaning and value internally, as opposed to trying to find it from external sources that will look like water, but will always just be a mirage in the desert. Now, back to Meseralt with that background with Camus' existential thought in mind. In many ways, Meseralt exemplifies the first half of Camus' existentialism extremely well. Meseralt goes through the motions of life, but he never once seem, seems convinced that the external world can provide value to his life. When he returns from his mother's funeral, his boss offers him a very nice and lucrative promotion. Sounds like great news, but not really for Meseralt. Instead of thanking his boss, he shows a strong indifference to the offer. His boss asks him what he thinks of this change of life, and Meseralt responds, and this is directly from the, task, the text, I answered that one never changed his way of life. One life was as good as another, and my present one suited me quite well. The existential insight that Camus throws in here is the idea that one life is as good as another. At first, and maybe even after reflection, many listeners might find that a ridiculous idea. You might think, of course, you might think that, of course, some lives are better than others. But recall here Camus' overarching existential position. One life can't be better than another because it more closely aligns with external sources of value because for Camus, there are no external sources of value. And with that option cut off, all people are forced to find value internally if they find it at all. 
So in that context, Meserolt saying one life is as good as another offers something very interesting to think about. Marie's relationship with, oh sorry, Meserolt's relationship with Marie also draws heavily on existential themes. Marie openly tells Meserolt that she loves him, and his response is pretty lackluster to say the least, even though he seems very fond of Marie. His response is to say that this sort of question has no meaning, but he supposes he doesn't love her. Despite that answer, Marie continues the relationship and asks Meserolt to marry her. He accepts, but basically on the grounds that marriage will make Marie happy, and he wishes for her to be happy. He is indifferent as to whether he is actually married. Meserolt seems to treat concepts like love and marriage as external notions that he could care less about one way or the other. He enjoys being with Marie and wants the relationship to continue. That's it, and that's good enough for Meserolt. In general, Meserolt seems like he's out of place by conventional standards, and he can't relate to those conventional standards and the strong tendency of others to find value from the external world. He just can't locate that source of value, and that tracks very well with Camus' own existential commitments. But there's a problem with saying that Meserolt is an existential character, especially in the first half of the novel. He really only, at this point in the story, he really only embodies that first half of Camus' existential spirit and not the second. This is because Meserolt doesn't find value in the internal, so he checks that first half off. But at the same time, it's not clear that he's developed any internal sense of value either. He enjoys going to the beach. He enjoys being with Marie. It seems that he enjoys eating at a small cafe near his apartment. So Meserolt has things in life that he enjoys, but it isn't at all clear that he has things in life that he actually values. For that reason, the first half of The Stranger paints the portrait of a nihilist who enjoys certain aspects of life more than that of an existentialist who has found value in the face of absurdity. That'll wrap things up for the first half of The Stranger. Join me back in one week for the second half and for a discussion of whether Meserolt is able to make the leap from a nihilistic approach to life to an existential one. Until then, wishing you good philosophical vibes.